Spike fans, welcome to Combat Planet, your one-stop shop for all things boxing and MMA. I'm Zachary, your host, along with my co-host, Mike Michaels. Let's get the show on the road. Fight fans, welcome to another edition of Combat Planet Podcast. We had another busy weekend, and of course, to talk about it all is my friend, my co-host, the legend, La Leyenda, Mr. Mike Michael. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thanks, Sergio. How is it? How are you? Good, Mike. You know, just here, man, it was an action-packed weekend, a lot of fights, boxing. I think this is the first weekend where we can say made a huge comeback as far as real fights. Um, and, and by, by what, what I mean by real fights, Mike, is we had notable names out there, and uh, there were some great fights and some great action, so we're going to jump right into that. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about, let's go ahead and talk about the DAZN card, Mike. Um, Dillian White, who you know, Dillian, I think he's been the number one contender for the WBC, I don't know, maybe the past 20 years or something. It felt like it was 20 years, but it's been at least a year. Um, and he took on a very, very risky fight um, for already being the number one contender. He took on the eternal one, Alexander Povetkin, um, Russian. This guy, Mike, you and I talked about it. He was a former national amateur champion, former world amateur champion, Olympic gold medalist, and then a former world champion. And somehow he ends up fighting Dillian White. And I understand Povetkin, 40 years old, but a guy with that kind of pedigree, Mike, and you said it uh, last week's podcast, you said that you wouldn't be surprised if Povetkin pulls it off. Well, after being down twice in the fourth round, Povetkin KOs Dillian White with what was a beautifully set up and very technical uppercut. He made a slight dip to the left, ducked down, Mike, and came up, and when that thing landed... Guess what? Dillian was out. So I want to get your impressions of what you thought of that fight. And where does Dillian White go from here? Well, it was a perfect picture punch that Povetkin threw. I don't think I've seen a, a, better, a better left uppercut to the jaw, okay, land with pre such precision for a very, very long time. And um, it's got to be something like punch of the year, in my opinion. Um, where does Dillian White go from here? Well, um, major setback. Uh, they're going to try to uh, probably execute the rematch clause and to try to get his position back. But you know, he's uh, he's damaged goods now. So you know, the uh, the invincibility that was created uh, after losing to Joshua Fight and coming back with some pretty reasonable wins against. A reasonably capable opposition that's all been flushed down the toilet as we speak okay so um, um, I believe that it's back to the drawing board I believe that he's not going to be able to uh, regain the momentum that he had prior to being knocked out by Povetkin and uh, I personally don't believe that anyone can recover from such a, a severe you know, knock that knock out, uh, Sergio. Because it, as soon as that punch landed, you saw it, and I saw it. He was out. He was out. As soon as as soon as that that punch landed to the point of the jaw, it was lights out, 
And how do you come back from that? The demons inside you will never be put to rest after that one, you know? Yeah, and Mike, I do want to ask you this because you had talked about last time on how under Team Tibbs, um, you had seen great progress from what Dillian White was before, um, you know, to the past 11 fights, which he went 11-0 and with Team Tibbs. And um, now let's, let's be, as they say, completely honest. Povetkin didn't look amazing during this fight. He looked slow to me. He looked like he was a bit shop-worn. Of course, he was able to muster that perfect shot, but, I mean, it wasn't impressive going up until that uppercut for Povetkin. So what does that tell you about Dillian White as a fighter, um, having seen him progress so much going up to, I mean, can somebody really lose in four months, lose so much of their training? Because that's what it was between four months that he didn't train with the Tibbs. Can that have that much of an effect? It was a wrong fight, Sergio. It was it was a very dangerous fight, and it was taken, in my opinion, via via arrogance, which created confidence. Which really, that kind of confidence is is irrelevant in, at the at the stage of the number one contender's career to fight Tyson Fury for a major, major um, payday and uh, a, a great fight, okay? Um, it just goes to show you that um, Mark Tibbs has always said, has always said that Dillian White is a work in progress, okay? And that is exactly what showed last night when he got knocked out, okay? You cannot change somebody that is actually developing you uh making tremendous progress and all of a sudden you know uh you want to completely change your your training team the mechanism the guys that were there just were completely out of the loop that were that were in charge of uh of white's camp and and uh the the, the whole situation was wrong in my opinion okay and because it Dillian white actually fought the wrong fight anyway, okay, so, yeah, he may have been looking like he was winning the fight, okay, but that was because um, uh, Povetkin uh, looked like he was a little bit shot-worn at that time, but he actually looked like he was, uh, had. Uh, he looked like he didn't have any legs, that's what I saw, Sergio, but then again, having said that, Povetkin's a type of guy that, he might look rubbish for, you know, three, four rounds. All of a sudden, you know, he finds a second win and starts kicking it in and finishes, finishes, finishes like a, like a, like a steam locomotive at the end. Okay, so yeah, it's very hard to read how Povetkin would have ended up. Maybe, possibly, could have got knocked knocked out. Who knows? But I don't think the knockdowns were really heavy knockdowns for uh, Povetkin. I don't think he was seriously hurt. I just saw that his legs were not carrying him the way that I'm used to seeing his legs work. That was what I saw um, uh, as as the weak point of Povetkin, okay? And and in Dillian White's game plan, okay, you don't backpedal with Povetkin, which is that's what Povetkin's game is. You push the guy back. You take centre of the ring, you push him back, 
okay, and you start snapping those jabs out, which Dillian White was not snapping the jabs out, he was pushing the jab out, okay, he was actually pushing the shots out, he, it didn't seem to me that White had any snap in his shots either, regardless if he dropped Povetkin twice, um, it, it, it's just, like I, like, we, like I said earlier, it's a work in progress, it's not that Dillian White is not a good fighter, He's just not a good fighter yet, okay? Seven amateur amateur bouts, learning on the job as a pro, okay? Um, Being uh, put into a level that probably he's not ready for yet, really, regardless of the of the wins that he previously had, okay? Because don't forget, when you beat Luca, when he beat Lucas Brown, Lucas Brown was wasn't really in shape. Derek Chisora is a is a, uh, what can I say? He's a war horse. Okay, he's been around for two ten thousand years. Okay, um, um, uh, Joseph Parker. We know even when he was a champion. Okay, right. We knew that he wasn't really going to hold on to the the championship uh, for too long. Okay, he's just a contender, Joseph Parker. Okay, so you know it's not that the fights that he won are not worthy or they're not good. Okay, but they're not. At the upper level, are they? They're not that they're, he's beat what they what they put in front of him, but you know he's had life and death situations with Joseph Parker. He ran out of gas. He got dropped twice. In I think it was if I believe uh, in, within the last two rounds, Derek Chisora. You know, two uh, life and death fights. Okay, so I mean, you know, it, it it just it just proved that if you go in with somebody that is a seasoned professional that comes in and knows how to uh, control the rounds and get through the worst stages of the rounds okay right and fires back what did what what answer did Dillian what how he didn't even see the shot I mean they, you know he just slipped he slipped to the left dropped down and put his whole the whole force of his whole body behind the shot and caught him flush on the chin now you know if he was pushing Povetkin back, Povetkin wouldn't have been able to do that, would he, Sergio? You know? Yeah? Nope. Nope. And I'll tell you real quick, Mike, something that I don't think is going to be mentioned a lot, but um, it can't, can't be overlooked. Now, of course, we're not we're not a conspiracy theorist on this podcast by no means, but we just got to mention the fact is that this loss of Dillian White solves a huge problem for Eddie Hearn. You know, as far as far as uh, you know, the Joshua Fury fight, if if that is made, or you know, so it's interesting that you know the the number one contender for you know over a year that's in the same stable as you know the the prized heavyweight you know title pos- fighter possession in Joshua, and this guy gets thrown in with with a a guy like Povetkin that's you know so um so accomplished and so dangerous you you just got to wonder what the calculus was there from the management and the promotional side well yeah uh, I, i'm in full agreement i mean what were they thinking i mean we discussed this last week on the podcast that we did and we basically said you know that it was you know a, a extremely dangerous fight against a guy that is a, a, a sleeper a gatekeeper a legitimate professional hardcore fighter who's got you know a, a TNT in in both hands and 
and he, he proved it to us last night. I mean, you know, the, the, he just came from the brink of defeat, as everybody was saying, okay, and just knocked White out, and White is, White is now finding himself where? where? Where is he going now, okay? What, what, what is his value now, okay? So if he, was going, he, if he was going to fight Tyson Fury, even if he comes back and beats Povetkin, okay, there's no value in that fight anymore, is there? You know, so no. they, bas- they basically yeah. devalued the fighter. Uh, the fighter now is in a rematch, in a rematch uh, clause entanglement, okay? You've got Povetkin, who now becomes the, one, the number one mandatory, if I was Povetkin's manager, okay, I was no way I would go straight into a rematch. I would want to be uh, 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 the, uh, execute the mandatory, and then I'd still fight. Uh, why after after I um, I fight Fury, okay, or whomever will be the champion champion at that time, which I don't, I can't see Fury losing that. But anyway, you know, um, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but but yeah, yeah, but you know, so so. So if I was Povetkin's manager, I wouldn't I wouldn't go straight into a direct rematch. I'd say yeah, I have the rematch after after I fight for the title. You know what I mean? Because it's it's his last hurrah. Oh, isn't it? It's it's a last hurrah for Povetkin, isn't it? So why would he want to go and have a last hurrah in a rematch against Dillian White unless unless they 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 put a pot you know a golden pot of money on the table, you know? Yeah, I was going to tell you, Mike, so as a manager, what you're saying is you would secure two big paydays for your fighter, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. So of course fight for, yeah, 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 which would be obviously the smart thing to do because, as you said, really, who really wants to watch White Povetkin again? I would, I would rather see if Povetkin can, you know, uh, pull something else off. I don't think he can against the guys that you're saying, but still. And then Dillian White's always going to be there anyway. Yeah, I, I just think Dillian White... Yeah, that's his ceiling, Mike. I don't think Dillian White was ever going to be a legitimate world champion. So no, no, no. I mean, I mean, look, look. Dillian White is Dillian White. Okay, I mean, you know, like I said to you, there's no snapping shots. Okay, he's he's putting the shots in, not snapping the shots in. Okay, right. So you know, he it gets all messy and 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 you know. Uh, uh, through feet and arms and this and that and the rest of it, okay, so it, it, the fights become sloppy. What I would like to see, though, now is Povetkin see where he goes and see if he can muster up enough, you know, um, conditioning and and get himself into into championship, you know, uh, fight, fight um, uh, preparation, okay, and fight someone like Fury... That that I think people would want to see that, you know what I mean? But to to see Povetkin White number two, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's just uh, it's just uh, another way of saying like like Eddie Hearn said last night, for example, you know, um, oh, we're definitely going to have a rematch. Well, when are you going to have a rematch? They yeah. want to have a rematch by December. Okay, right, December the same. They were they're talking about a rematch. That 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 fight will now take place by in December. There's too much going yeah, on in December. No way. Okay, you, you've got you've got you've got um, Joshua versus Pulev, which is scheduled in December, and you've got Aram, who's uh, who's uh, 
giving us a, a provisional date of December 19th for Fury versus Wilder, okay? So where where on earth are you going to put Povetkin versus White? And where? And who's going to pay for that? I mean, do, they, do you think that's going to that that's going to be pay per view? Do you think that that pay per view card last night did well? Okay, if it did, it's because of Katie Taylor, not because of Dillian White. Okay, in my opinion, you know, I could be oh, wrong. No, I, could, I, could be, no. I could be wrong because you know I'm not I'm not you know the ultimate authority in boxing, but you know I know the fight game. I know uh, who draws, who doesn't draw. Okay, right, and I can tell you that that those people. In Ireland, the whole of Ireland bought that fight last, last night with Katie Taylor. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it, it was a good promotional <laughs> promotional move as far as I'm concerned, you know. And they put Dillian White yeah. on top. But, you know, Povetkin, he's a Russian, okay. Have, what kind of fan base does he have here in, uh, in the UK? So the only, the only person that has a fan base is White. And how much, how much pay-per-views has White uh, previously sold? You know, how much has yeah. he sold? How much has he sold without being on paper? How much viewership has he ever got? You know, that would be very interesting to find out, wouldn't it, Sergio? You know. Well, yeah, and I'll tell you another thing uh, you mentioned, and we're going to talk about Kitty Taylor right now. But just a last thing on on White and Povetkin. Um, it's just Mike from here. Like you said, if you're Povetkin, you're in the driver's seat for White. Um, I think it it cleared that big headache with Eddie Hearn. So I don't think all is lost. But I never thought he was going to be a legit world champion, and I think that this was the ceiling for him. Uh, I think in a rematch, even then, unless because it's not like he had great boxing skills or was dominating Povetkin, he put him down twice in the fourth, but they were flash knockdowns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Povetkin was clear headed. So I, I just don't know where White really goes from here. I mean, I'm sure he'll re- rebuild and have a couple of bigger fights, and I could be completely wrong, but never impressed with that guy. But no, well, anyway, probably, Mike. Probably right, move- sir, just on the last night, you're probably right that White will probably have a couple of more fights and whatever else. But until he gets his, his head right, okay, and, you know, I, we, we, we don't know what happened with, uh, between him and Mark Tibbs. So something could happen that is really bad between them and irreparable, or something could happen with other people getting in in Dillian White's ear. Nobody, nobody knows, okay? Nobody knows the real truth behind what's going to happen. But what we do know is that Mark, Mark Tibbs, as his trainer, uh, partnering with, with uh, Mark Tibbs' father, Jimmy, okay, had a very solid mechanism in place where they took a guy that really shouldn't have boxed Anthony Joshua in, to start with, okay, right? Because he needs a little bit more seasoning, okay, for, for that fight. And that was that was sold uh, on a grudge match of uh, he, uh, White beating him in the amateurs. But he wasn't really ready for uh, for uh, uh, Anthony Joshua because Anthony Joshua had progressed and Olympic gold medals, etc. and so forth, right? Whereas uh, Dillian White he was just a seven-fight amateur that turned professional, and his skills were not to be desired for. He had shoulder injuries, he had all this, and then the, the Tibbses took him over and would, and really did a great job, as far as I, I, I've been in boxing practically all my life, okay? 
And I know trainers, I know entourages, I know hangers-on, I know trainers that get in fighters' ears, I know other trainers that try to poach fighters from other trainers, managers, etc. It's a big, it's a big vicious mess of a cesspool, Sergio. Okay, on these on these issues. Okay, but what you you cannot take away is the quality of a good trainer. Okay, and the uh, the team tips are quality good trainers. I've said this throughout our podcast, and I'll say it again that they are great trainers and Dillian White, in my humble opinion, made a very big mistake in changing the order of his preparation with by excluding the Tibbses, okay, and going forward in such a, uh, uh, a dramatic fight that was dangerous, okay, and moving forward with such an arrogant attitude, okay, is wrong, Sergio. It's wrong. It, it, it's it's the downfall of most fighters. These things, okay, and it's going to happen again and again. It's going to be ten thousand, ten million billion whites that do this same nonsense again, Sergio. Okay, because they just can't get past themselves, and that's what I feel happened there. Okay, you know, you were you were with Mark Tibbs. You're making fantastic progress. Okay, you're having some ex- extremely hard learning fights, okay? All you had to do was calm down, listen to your training team, stay, stay on the program, okay, right? And it's going to happen. It's going to happen, you know? It, it, we, we get to the point where people believe, that, the fighters believe their own hype, and that's what happens. Look last night, a, 40, a 40-year-old guy, after being knocked down twice, okay, comes back and throws the perfect left uppercut, okay, and it was executed with, with precision surgery, okay, and just completely sparks sparks right out. So how yep. can he? How can he? How can he conceivably come back from something like that, okay, and say that he's the real deal, okay? In order to do that, that means. He's got a comeback. He's got a white Povetkin out. He's got a white Fury out. He's got a white Joshua out. He's got he's got to clean up the entire division, okay, to prove to everybody that he's a real deal. And we know that unfortunately for Dillian White, those kind of skills, you know, he doesn't have them at the moment. They need years to to be uh, implemented, okay, and developed, okay, right? And he doesn't have years in the fight game, does he, Sergio? You know, so it's impossible. Which is impossible, you know. Yeah, it's not going to happen, Mike, for Dillian White, yeah, but yeah. I will tell you this. Someone that does have skills and years in the fight game and um, an icon, as you've called her before, was uh, the co-main event on that uh, same card with Dillian White, and we're talking about Katie Taylor. Um, she had her comeback fight against uh, Pursoon. As you may well remember, Mike, we talked about in the last podcast, Pursoon fought um, Taylor here in the States, Madison Square Garden, it was a life and death struggle. Um, several people felt that Taylor did not deserve um, to win that fight. Um, and credit to her, she tried to make a couple of other fights. Didn't happen, but credit to her, she took on Pursuit again. She didn't really have to, Mike, but she did. Uh, and we had discussed, um, I had said that I just saw that Taylor, you know, being the, the, the Irish warrior that she is, being a proud, proud fighter, having great skills and everything, but at the end of the day, she still is a person that likes to get in there and likes to trade 
was going to be drawn into Pursun um, because Pursun, she's big, she's strong, Mike, very experienced. And uh, sure enough, you know, Taylor started out great. But, Mike, uh, Pursun drew her in. Here's my question to you, though, because you had mentioned that Taylor's got some mileage in, in the last podcast. Was it a thing of Pursun drawing her in? Or did you see signs that maybe Katie Taylor is more on the other side of her career now and was unable to continue? Because when she decided to box, she did great. But that was like the first minute of every round. And then she just seemed to not be able to to consistently do that. So what's your opinion on that? Well, I think it's a combination of uh, of the two th things that you just said, Sergio. And also styles make fights. I think that, you know... Um, Look, look at Ali when he boxed Frazier. When he boxed Frazier, he could never handle Frazier, okay? Never handle it. And then Joe Frazier gets, you know, annihilated in two rounds by George Foreman and six rounds by George Foreman, okay? So, you know, it, it, it's just, it, it's, not a, it's not a good style for Katie Taylor. Absolutely not a good style whatsoever. And um, Pursun... She throws shots from all different angles. You know, when Taylor thinks she's slipping, slipped the shot, uh, Pursun is so unorthodox, she still manages to hit her. Um, the mileage, okay, that you, that you said, okay, that that's starting to, it's looking like it's uh, starting to kick in a little bit, okay. Um, and not able to fight, okay, consistently for the full two minutes, okay. So, um I think that I think that Katie won the fight. I think she did win it, but I think it I agree. was another meat grinder. It was an an unnecessary meat grinder, and I do take my hat off to her for giving Persona a rematch. Okay, um, I would have if I was her manager, I would have uh, said no to that. Okay, I would have I would have um, recommended that we do not take that fight. But, you know, um, a true all-time great fighter, they take on everybody and they want to leave no doubt that she is the best. So um, I, I, I saw last night that um, she proved that she was the better fighter, but under, under extreme duress stress. Let's put it that way, okay, right? It was, it was, it was, a, it was a, a hard fight. And then when she was being interviewed... After, and uh, um, uh, the guy from the Sky said to her, what about a third fight? He, and she just turned around and she goes, give me a break, guys. I just, I just finished this one. Which means she doesn't want to have anything, she doesn't want to have anything else to do with Poisson. No way, no way. And, and I don't blame her, sir. Mike. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. Mike, bo both of those fighters looked like they had been hidden by bats, you know, yeah, yeah, by yeah. metal bats. They both had, they were full of welts. They were swollen. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I've said it before on past podcasts, and I'll say it again. I'm a degenerate for those type of fights. I think Taylor still showed a high quality of boxing skill, but I love the fact that that just that warrior mentality of hers. Like, no way she's going to let anyone, you know, question her heart at any point, you know. So when Pursun turned it on and kept the pressure, what did Taylor do instead of, like, you know, as a seasoned boxer as she is, as a, as a decorated amateur, she could have started uh, hanging on, Mike, could have, you know, brought her into Helder, all that kind of stuff. But hell no. 
you know, she went right at it. And the, the last 25, 30 seconds of that fight, they just completely unloaded. If there was anything left in their bodies, they left it all there. It was a great fight. Yeah, I, I'm in full agreement. I mean, the last 30 seconds, I mean, Taylor just wanted to just go full out. But she did. She didn't have too much, too much left, Sergio. Because I mean, that was a that was just a meat grinder. But you know, I, I, I'm a real big admirer, a massive fan of uh, of Katie Taylor, and I think she cemented herself, okay, as an all-time great for female boxing. No question about it, okay. And um, I just wish some of the guys could fight like that sometimes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? No, no, and I was gonna tell I was gonna tell you, Mike. Here's the other thing that women's boxing right now is seeing a lot of attention and I can tell you why because you're having these champions actually fighting other champions in unifications you know and you just wish that the guys would do that let me throw some names out here so okay so putting on your manager promoter hat Mike so you got Katie Taylor right um so Jessica McCaskill just pulled off her big victory against uh Cecilia Brakus uh, she's she's a potential um, fight for Katie Taylor. You got the American former Olympian Michaela Mayer. Um, she's at 130, but she's been she's willing to go all the way up to one. Pretty much, if you hear her talk, she'll fight at heavyweight. But she's got a lot of skills, Mike. Too. She's got power. Um, very very conditioned athlete. And I'll talk about Michaela Mayer here. And um, she's she, same thing, very much a warrior mentality. And then there's Clarissa Shields. Now, Clarissa Shields campaigns at 154, but she has mentioned that if Taylor won yesterday, she would be willing to boil herself down to 147 and meet Taylor there. So if you're the manager promoter, Mike, you know Katie Taylor might be either peaking or already just starting to leave her peak. Where do you take her with these three big names that I just threw to you? Who do you tackle first, and what weight classes are you looking at? Uh, I would I would take on the the I can't pronounce her name the the girl that beat um um uh what's her name what, what's her name the, the uh, Jessica uh, McCaskill yeah Jessica McCaskill I would take on Jessica McCaskill because I uh, funny enough actually okay today I actually sat down and watched the fight. The, the full the the full ten rounds okay and um, um, she's strong very strong but she 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 lacks in boxing ability her skills are a lot to be desired for so I think that that Katie could could beat her I think Katie could beat her and uh, and win win that belt as well okay I really believe that right okay um, okay with 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 Shields I would I wouldn't want uh, Katie to fight Shields because Shields um, it's really a 155 uh, pound fighter, so yeah, she'll boil down to 147, but then she'll blow up to about 160, 62, 63 pounds. Okay, right? So, so you know, it will be like you know, uh, a little large in there at the end of the day. So I, 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 wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that fight. That to me, and 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 Clarissa Shield, she's she's a very strong fighter, Sergio. You know that she's very strong. You've seen her. So Mike, yeah, and and she she's a two-time former gold medalist. She's a yeah, she's an Olympic yeah, champ. I mean, yeah, she can yeah. really fight. You know, yeah. yeah so yeah. She's strong, what so about Michaela? She's, she's strong. She's strong. Yeah. Sergio, what a, what about Michaela Mayer, who's a little bit on the smaller side, but she's tall. She's very very skilled. 
um, but very well young in in essence compared to Taylor's wear and tear. So is that something that you would look no, at? My I would stay away from that. I, I would stay away. She's a she's hungry. She's young. She's up and coming. She's she's the wrong the wrong style for Taylor. Taylor, yeah, she's only got fifteen fights, but it seems that she's had forty fights. You know, because of her long amateur career, and and yeah, um, yeah, you've got to you, you've got to now give Katie cut her some slack, okay? Because you know she's unified the belts within 15 fights, she's had wars within 15 fights, so she needs to take it, you know, take on a couple of easy defences, okay, I would take, I would take the girl from Chicago, I would take the, I would take the girl from Chicago, that, um, that, um, uh, stopped the Joe Lewis record from being, be <laughs> being, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. McCaskill, yeah. McCaskill, yeah. yeah. I, I would, I would give McCaskill a shot, and plus she's she's a she's a, a belt holder. So I mean, it's a quality fight. Okay, it's a championship fight, and uh, I would do that. I would do that. That would be my first order of business. I think that Katie beats her reasonably. Uh, I'm not going to say easy, but I don't think it will be a hard as hard a fight as what it as what Person is. You know, I mean, you know, the the, the um, McCaskill, she's. She she needs a bit a few more skills, Sergio. You know she's she's in development. She's at the development stage, and I think that that would be the she's, right fight for. She's tough though, Mike. You might have a yeah, you know yeah, a yeah. very similar fight to what we just saw. But you know, at the end no, of the day, so, at this Sergio. point, in I don't think so. I yeah. think that Person is tough, but she's very unorthodox. Okay, right. Whereas McCaskill, she's bringing them up from the floor. Where where Katie. It's ideal for Katie because Katie can take a step back. She can she will sidestep her, step around, and she'll hit be hitting her. You know, pretty. I'm not going to say easily, but she'll be hitting her a lot more easier than what she was hitting. Person, the song was like they were just coming in from you know some very unusual angles. Those shots weren't they? You know, that person was throwing was throwing. You know, the the but McCaskill is tough. I will say that she's tough. Well, will you would you would you demand that um, again your your team your your management team Taylor would you demand that that be at thirty five or would it would you want to step up to forty seven to capture all those belts that McCaskill just took off of? Yeah, I, I, I would I would do it at forty seven. I, I don't think she's uh, she's that big of a danger for um, for Got Katie. I, I think Katie. Um, can pack on, you know, maybe four or five pounds, okay, and I think she'll be okay. I think, I think, I think with the skill set that McCaskill has, I don't believe that Katie will be in that much trouble unless she goes looking for the trouble with her warrior, you know, Celtic mentality. You know what I mean? And gets drawn into a fight, which I don't think she will. I don't think she's gonna let herself get drawn into too many slugfests. Again, uh, Sergio, like, like the Poisson fight. I just, I, I don't see that. I just, I don't see that. You know, Mike, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you is, I, I think at this point. Katie Taylor, it's kind of like um, the fighters. Not that Arturo Gatti was a great, you know, boxer, but Arturo Gatti had more skills than what oh, he yeah. showed. But he fell in love with brawling, and I think Katie Taylor's in love with brawling. Yeah, and I think that at this point, if you if you put a punching bag in front of her, she's gonna go life and death. So, but we'll see. Hopefully, we'll yeah, see another yeah, yeah, great yeah, fight yeah, on but that. The difference between her and Arturo Gatti, Sergio, Arturo Gatti 
had KO power in his hands. Katie does not. Okay, that's the difference. That's okay? true. That's that's true. Big two. Thunder did have thunder. So now yeah. moving on here, Mike, real quick. The ESPN Plus, so top rank in the bubble again. They, had a, they actually had a pretty good fight card. The main event, though, is the one that I want to cover real quick because light heavies were on display, and we talked about a guy that might move on to light heavy, heavy last week in Benavides, right? So um, light heavy here, Joe Smith Jr., he actually, um, this guy is, he's a full-time, he's got a job, Mike. He's got an 8 to 5, yeah, so he, he's not a full-time fighter. You know, he, he's a, a really what you call, Mike, a blue-collar guy. Great story. I think it's a great story for boxing in general. So he comes in here. He's got some good wins in his career, but he's also been like, there's been times where he's inconsistent. He came in here against Eldir Alvarez. Alvarez coming off big knockouts. He was ranked in the top four or five um, of, of uh, most sanctioning bodies. Um, this guy was being looked at as, okay, well, you know, he's, he's going to challenge for unified titles and everything on Alvarez here. And then Joe Smith gets brought in and basically proceeds to beat the crap out of, out of Alvarez and ends up, you know, knocking him out of the ring much as he did. I think it was in 2016 to Bernard Hopkins, right, yeah. you know, so, uh, yeah, Smith pulls up, uh, an, uh, what a lot of people see as a pretty significant upset, um, so Mike, uh, your take on Joe Smith and do you think we go back now to your, uh, manager promoter thing? You got a guy that's a lunch pail guy, you know, he's an eight to fiver. He's, he's your typical average person that most people can relate to, you know, um, and he goes out there, gets a big win. What do you do with Joe Smith at this point? Oh, uh, well, Joe Joe Smith's been around for quite some time now, Serge, okay? You know, um, the fight with Hopkins, okay, that was quite some time ago as well. And he should have been able to upgrade the, his level after that. And he never quite did that, did he really, Sergio? He was, he's always been nearly there, but never quite was able to, to cross the line in the way that he should have, okay, right? So you've got to now just pull the trigger on uh, Joe Smith, okay, it was a pretty big win what he had against Alvarez, because Alvarez uh, believed that he was probably going to knock out Smith because of his punching power, and it showed all through the fight that he was actually relying on his punching power, and he, and he, was, trying to knock, he was trying to knock Smith out, but Smith just, just uh, broke him down, more or less, you know, um, and just beat him Mike, up. but, but w would you agree, Mike, that Joe Smith Jr., He's not like he can box a little. It's not like the guy can't fight. Would you agree with that? No, he can fight, but he, he, he's just never been able to go over that line. Okay, he's, he's had this great big win now, right? Okay, so who do you put him in with now? Okay, who do you match him up with? He, 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 you know, I, you, I, can I, over, you can you can overmatch him now. Okay, so you know, uh, but you can't undermatch him because you know. Where where do you go? It's a it's a it's like a, a catch twenty two situation with this guy, you know. You know, so uh, probably his promote the promotional team that he has. I would probably say that they're probably going to cash him out. Okay, that's probably what they're going to try to do. But again, I Mike, how do you do that? Is there any? Is there any because of this win? 
is and you got Canelo that they can't find an opponent for. Is Joe Smith Jr. Would you consider him a decent opponent? You know, before twenty twenty is over for Canelo? No. no? No, because because okay. the zone the zone won't accept that. They they're, they're not going to pay forty million dollars to Canelo to fight Joe Smith. So it's not going to happen, Sergio. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think they want to pay him forty million. Period. I think that what they're doing now, the zone is trying to get out of that contract. But we'll talk about that in another podcast. But yeah, well, so well, well, pretty regardless, much regardless of that, even if they paid him five million, so I mean, I mean, you you're not going to pay somebody <laughs> five million to, to fight Joe Smith. It's not going to happen. Absolutely not. No. What What about Benavides? Would this be a good Would this be a good I fight for so, him? Yeah. To, yeah, to pr- yeah, I like that fight for Benavides. Okay. I do. You You know, I've got a soft spot for Benavides, Sergio. We We, we mention it on, on every uh, on every show that we do. Okay, right. But you know, I mean, <laughs> it's a perfect fight for him to see where he's at at that at, at light heavy. Okay, and. And I, I, of course, I'm, you know who I'm going to pick. I'm picking Benavides, okay. Um, oh, I would pick Benavides too. Yeah, I would but, pick Benavides also. But, but I think I think it's a great it's a great fight for him, and um, it, it, it's it's a good it's a good match for for uh, Smith, okay, because he's fighting uh, a former world champion that did not lose his title in the ring, okay. So you know it it's. It's something that they should really consider if that was possible, you know. But so, Mike, I think, if you're, I think they're going another way. I think they're going to go another way, Sergio. You know. Yeah, no, I know, but I guess what you're saying. So, so Team Smith management, if you can establish him as a solid gatekeeper at 175, he can make some money, right? And you can yeah. get some decent fights yeah. still for him. I, I, yeah. I, I okay, think good. so. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think so. I, he's not a bad fighter, like you said. He's not a bad fighter, but he's not the best fighter, is he? Okay. But but he yeah. you know he he's, he's a fan favorite as well the the, the the fans like that like that that kind of blue collar fighter you know of course Mike like during the day the guy like does construction or something then at night he yeah. beats the shit out of people who I yeah, mean exactly. how can you not like that but exactly. yeah we'll see we'll see where they go with him now we're moving on Mike uh, PBC on Fox yeah uh, we we saw the comeback from uh, Showtime Sean Porter. He came back, uh, first fight, uh, obviously during the pandemic for him. He completely dominated Sebastian Formella. And if you're asking who Sebastian Formella exactly, who he is, we have no idea. But I will say this, after watching that fight, Mike, Formella's tough. He's got okay skills, um, you know, uh, but very, very standard German fighter, in my opinion, um, wasn't really ever a threat. My only thing is Sean Porter, although he landed everything, including the kitchen sink, you know, on Formula, wasn't able to put him away. So at this point, Mike, at 147, Sean Porter, I see him as one of these guys that's like a fringe contender, um, can put up great fights, has a great chin, is very active. But can he ever be a unified world champion at 147? And what did you see that you liked from Porter? And what do you see where, you know, it's just, it's, it's who he is now as far as deficiencies go from the fight uh, from yesterday? Well, Sean Porter is always, gives you excitement, okay? So he always comes to fight. He's always in top shape. The only problem that Sean Porter has is he doesn't have punching power, okay? He's a volume puncher. So that's why he'll always have a problem, okay? Can he be unified champion? Um, it all depends if he catches the right fight at the right time. 
and so forth. But probably not with the crop of guys that are up there now. Okay, um, he'll always give you give you value for money. Uh, the guy that he boxed, you know, I mean, we nobody knew who there who he was. Uh, I thought he gave a good account of himself. <laughs> I thought he gave a good of a, a good account of himself, Sergio. But you know, he was there to give Porter the workout that he needed. But Sean should have put him away. But we go back to the same old story with Sean: the lack of punching power. Okay. And that's always been Sean Porter's weakness. And that doesn't mean he's not a good fighter. Please don't get me wrong what I'm saying, because he's been up there and he's boxed everybody, hasn't he, Sergio? You know, you, you can't, we can't say yep. this man hasn't, uh, hasn't been, uh, uh, been to the well. He's been to the well on several times, okay? Sometimes he's, he's come up short, sometimes he hasn't come up short. But the problem is his punching power. That's all it is with Sean Porter. You know who he reminds me? You... You know who he reminds I'm sorry, Mike. You know who he reminds me of? You remember uh, Yaki Diaz, uh, the the light heavyweight? Yeah, um, yeah I remember. Great fight, great, yeah, great fighter, all action, but didn't have the punching power. Couldn't beat yeah. the champions, and he went life and death with Matthew Saad Muhammad several times, yeah, and yeah, yeah. that's the way I see. Yeah, I see Porter in that light, like you just said. I love to watch him fight, Mike. He's got skills, oh, um, yeah. but he just seems. Yeah, he just seems to, he's not a B-level fighter, but he's not an A-plus. He seems to be just right there where yeah. he's always going to be in a fight. You, you uh, just, you know, like you I said, agree. yeah, if he had a little more pop, yeah, if he had a little more pop, he probably would definitely be a unified champion. You know, it yeah, would be yeah, very yeah, hard to beat. The only problem he's got, you know, he's got stamina, he's got great chin, he's strong, he's, he's, got, he's got reasonable skills, okay, but not, not the best skills. But consistent skills, okay? But he lacks punching and, power. If he had punching power... And he's power, tough. Yeah, he's... Yeah. I mean, the and guy's... A, tough, the yeah. guy's tough, man. Always... You sh never, you'll never see that guy in a fight that in the, with, it, with it and not be in shape. He's always in shape, that guy, right? But he doesn't have the punching power. That's 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 the unfortunate thing for him, you know? Can you that, imagine... Yeah, can what, you imagine what, Porter if he, if he, could, if he could punch Sergio? Oh my God! Yeah, no. What a fighter! Yeah, yeah, and and maybe because he can't punch, that makes him exciting to see because he always goes yeah. life and death. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, what, yeah, we'll see what's in store. Yeah, yeah. So on that undercard, Mike, I want to mention one guy, Sebastian Fundora. Um, he's a junior middleweight. The guy's six six. That's that's that's. A, I mean, we we had a guy back when you were. Doing the management thing, Mike, and all that. We had a guy that was six two, six three at one forty seven. Yeah. Still, uh, yeah, yeah. As to be six six at junior middleweight is that's a freak show. This kid, he's undefeated, um, and he took on actually a pretty tough guy, Mike, um, Nathaniel Gilmore. Um, let me tell you, that guy, he's been in there with some top top uh, fighters at one fifty four, one sixty. He loses, but he's a tough out. And Fandora KO'd him, Mike. Yeah, um, no, I, stopped I, him. I, I've seen Gilmore fight before. He's tough. He's tough. I've seen Gilmore fight. Yeah. 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 And what about Fandora, Mike? Have you ever seen him fight? What's your take on this kid? Um, I have not seen him fight, so I don't want to say something that I'm not completely familiar with. Okay, but at six foot six, okay. Um, Sergio, um, that's, that's a, hell of, a, a, hell of an, a hell of an attribute. Uh, 
They're, they're well, well, but huge I'll, attributes, you know. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. What is the funniest thing ever, Mike? And it's the same problem that we had with with our guy at forty seven. That was six three. He fights like he's five foot one. The guy, and believe it or not, for as big, for as tall, and as long as he is, he's got great inside skills. He can shot, shoot really short uppercuts and punches. It's the strangest thing. We'll see if this guy can develop into something. But yeah. I think uh, just, yeah, it's a freak show. But anyway, Mike, so good good win that the guy picked up there. You know, we'll see how his career uh, unfolds. Um, he's with Samson Letskovich, so we'll see how that goes as well because yeah, we'll you just well, never know how that's yeah, going to end up. Yeah, we'll never see that. That's, uh, that's going to be uh, something to observe from the outside. Let's put it that way, you know? <laughs> yeah, and now let's move on, Mike. We got some in, couple of interesting cards coming up here um, this coming Saturday, so we'll go ahead and talk about them. I think yeah. the premier one for me is Jose Ramirez. He's the unified titleist at um, Super uh, Lightweight, right? And right. Uh, he's taking on uh, Victor Postol. Now, Postol, anyone that knows him, very durable, tough Ukrainian guy. Not necessarily a like he doesn't have lights out power. Um, that's, he lacks, uh, some like KO power, but he is not without, he's got a little bit of heavy hands, but he's very durable, Mike, very, very strong. Um, he's only got two losses in 30 and 34, 35 fights. And one of them was to Josh Taylor, who's a, who's a damn good fighter. And then Terrence Crawford, Bud Crawford, who's by many consider him the best in the world right, right. now. So, um, Ramirez is in there tough against Posto. So, uh, tell me what you think about this fight, Mike. Uh, if you can break it down, how do you think this is going to go? Well, um, Postal's tough. We know that, okay? Uh, you're right. He does have heavy hands. He's not the biggest puncher, but uh, they're heavy, the shots are going. So Ramirez had better be in shape, okay? Because otherwise he's going to be in trouble, okay? Um, Ramirez is a, he's a, he's an all-round competent fighter, Sergio. So... Um, he should come through, okay? He should be, a, be able to hold this guy off because Postel, you know, so he's not, he's not as good as what he was two years ago, is he? You know? I don't think he is. Yeah. No, no. And, you know, Mike, we've talked about this, and you yourself, you had several uh, um, different Olympians and fighters from there, from that neck of the woods, uh, when when you had your company, and these guys have a lot more wear and tear, um, like Victor Victor Postel, right? He's Ukrainian. They have a lot more wear and tear. Like I always remember uh, going back to Koba Gogolatsi. I think he was 27 years old for like right. 10 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he had, <laughs> yeah, and he had the oldest. <laughs> he he had the oldest looking legs for a 27 year old, you know. But anyway, so you just gotta <laughs> wonder, Mike. Just just so so people that are not aware of fighters from like Ukraine and Russia and all that, you have very in depth knowledge of experience. Guys like Victor Posco, Posto, before they come out to the pros, those are pretty hard and heavy amateur systems, right, Mike? That they come yeah, through. Yeah, well, well, you, you see, their their national system is absolutely brutal. I mean, you know, these guys are fighting every single week, practically. And, and you know, they they fight to actually eat. Because if you get in a... In, if, you're, if you're able to box on boxing shows, then, you know, they, they, um, they take care of your families and so forth and so forth, okay? And um, that's what these guys do. So they try to make sure that they're always 
are ready to fight. They're always in shape, and that's why how they amass so many uh, 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 hundreds of amateur fights, Sergio. Okay, then from the national uh, weekly show, from the weekly national shows, okay, then they go into the international shows. So you know th these guys are, are, are very, very, very well versed uh, in the art of boxing. Okay, of how it's done in Eastern Europe. But the the wear and tear is 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 uh, <laughs> uh, there. I mean, you, you, but most of these guys, most of these guys that you've seen, okay, right? How long of a career do they have? Really, they pick, yeah. No, you're they right. Pick, yeah. yeah, they 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 within seven fights. I mean, when I had the Pagliani brothers, okay, okay, even got to within seven fights, okay, uh, we could have boxed anybody in the world. Seriously now, you know the, yeah. the, that that that's how seasoned these guys were. I, I, I was able to, I would have been able to, do it. and and they're all like that. And it's not just Gokolati or Pagliani's or they're all like that. All Eastern European fighters are the same, but they reach a point, you know, within fifteen fights maximum. Well, I would say no, I wouldn't say maximum fifteen twenty fights. Okay, they actually really they actually peak by then. Okay, and then they start going downhill, but they still have enough left in them to beat most of the top 10 guys because the top 10 guys that are from Western civilization don't really take the fight, the sport that serious anyway, you know, or they're partying or they're doing this or they're entourages and so forth, you know, you know, whereas these guys are more disciplined. So that's why they carry on fighting up to 30, 40 fights, some of them okay. And, you know, they still manage to get themselves in shape because that's all they've ever done all their life, Sergio, is train, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah, but... But as you've experienced, Mike, sometimes when you take them out of those environments and they have a little more freedom, sometimes that undoes their career, you know, because they go a little, they go a little ape shit here and there. It doesn't yeah. seem to be a thing with Victor Pusto, though, but it does happen. So. Yeah, it does happen. It, but, it, does, it does happen. We had a couple of renegades on my hands, which, you know, I had to, um, uh, you know, put the kibosh on. But, you know, most of them, <laughs> most of them yeah, yeah, <laughs> most of them, Sergio, are... Are disciplined. They know how to train Sergio. Okay, so let's look at it this way: these guys, the, the the American and UK or European fighters, I'm talking Western European fighters that are not in shape, that take fights just to get paid, are complete, you know, blowouts. These guys, okay, if they didn't train and they just took a fight just to get paid, okay, you still wouldn't be able to completely blow them out easily, you know, they would put up a fight, you know, that's the difference. Yeah, you know no, absolutely, you know? no, yeah. yeah, and I will say this, I remember you always saying that uh, Gogolazzi was like one of, he, he would train like a madman, you'd never seen oh anybody God. train as hard as that guy, yeah, I, yeah, I've so. Been, I've, I've been in the so, fight game, like I said, for quite some time, that's probably the 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 best fighter that I had who knew how to train and was disciplined at every single instance of what he was doing. It was it was amazing, amazing surgeon. But yeah, yeah, it couldn't punch. It Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, <laughs> it is what it is. So we'll see how this fight goes. I I favor Ramirez, Mike, because I think you're right. I think he's just. Right. I think, think Pusto might might have had one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, Posto might have had one too many wars, and I think he's a little too long in the tooth. Ramirez is picking, so I think that it's going to be a good fight, but I think Ramirez is going to come out. Yeah, and, Mike, uh, let's move on. To, mm. 
Yeah, great. Okay, let's move on. There's a heavyweight fight um, that's also uh, going to be uh, on the 29th of August. That's going to be uh, one of, I want to talk about him because he's one of the guys there in your neck of the woods. Uh, Daniel Dubois, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, yes, you he's going to be taking on, yeah, he's going to be taking on some guy from the Netherlands. That's all you got to know. Ricardo, I don't know, Schneider or something like that. So I apologize. I've yeah. never heard of him and probably probably you never have unless you're from the Netherlands. Um, but I do want to talk about Daniel du, Dubois because he is undefeated and his record suggests that he has KO power. But as we all know, the way fighters are coddled and protected and everything, um, you just never know if that's actually the truth or not. So I want to ask you about Dubois, what you know, Mike, what you think of him as a fighter, and um, how do you see him? Can he mix it up anytime soon with, let's say, the top five heavyweights in the world right now? Uh, Daniel Dubois has uh, great talent, okay? Uh, the, his potential is unlimited. Uh, at this point, I believe Frank Warren is doing what he's supposed to do with uh, Daniel Dubois. Um, don't forget, Sergio, he's only 24 years old, 23, 24 years old as well. So it's just a baby yet, okay? So they can't afford to... Which is, which is rare, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Which is rare nowadays in the heavyweights. You know, the heavyweights are in their 30s when they, when they have the kind of record he has. Yeah, so they, they, can, they can afford to take their time with him. I, I would take my time. I'd let him mature. I think that uh, getting past this guy from the Netherlands should be relatively easy for him. I think he'll probably blow him out in a one to two rounds max. Okay, right? Um, and then he's going to move on to fight Joe Joyce, which I think he'll beat Joe Joyce, but I think it'll be it'll 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 be like a a, a, a little mini test uh, with Joe Joyce because Joe Joyce is about thirty five years old. He's an ex Olympian. I think he's an Olympic silver medalist, okay? Uh, he's Box Usyk and all the rest of the suspects um, from uh, Eastern Europe um, in the amateurs. Um, but he's got a very unorthodox style. Um, Joe Joyce gets hit very easily, okay? But he keep, he's, he's slow too, Mike. Yeah. yeah and, Joe and, Joyce and, is slow. He's yeah. slow, but and he comes forward. He shuffles forward. So Joy, um, the Bois, I think, should have too much for him. Okay, and and he's a tremendous puncher, and I think he's a heavyweight in the future. I I, I do think that. Okay, I, I I I like him. I like him a lot. Okay, I think that if they don't get silly and start, you know, stepping it up because you know uh, the promoters want to make the money and and they uh, they see that you know the, there's a pandemic on and and this is the only way they can they can get the money back and and so forth, etc. etc. I think that uh, I think that Dubois has a very very good future. I think he I think he, he can become a world champion. I do, I do. I think he can. But they have got to take it slow with him, Sergio. You know. Yeah. So, Mike, what you're saying is you don't expect him to be in there with any legitimate high quality heavyweight contender anytime soon. Is that correct? Well, well. Uh, I can't say that because Let I don't me, know what I don't know what Frank Warren wants to do with him. Okay, right? You know, but if that if he was my fighter, okay, I'd get him another ten fights, and I'd have him fighting like you know, like in the days when our lead first term pro, he was fighting you know once every six weeks, every eight weeks. 
let, let me ask you this. Okay. okay, Mike, let me ask you this. Is he ready? Do you think he's ready for a guy like Chisora? Or is that is that is Chisora too tough? Uh, he is and he isn't. Okay, he isn't. I think he's ready for Joe Joyce. Let's see how, gotcha. he, takes, how he takes care of Joe Joyce. If Joe Joyce gives him any trouble, then we can, a determination can be made after that for the Chisoras, etc., etc. You know, because because you know at this moment, so don't forget, Chisora is a very seasoned, experienced guy. Okay, so yeah, he doesn't have the greatest of his skills, but he's been there and he's done it, and he's been in with everybody, Sergio. So I think that we need to see how Daniel Dubois is going to take care of Joe Joyce. And then we, a determination could be made of how he's moved up strategically, okay, um, and um, and uh, you know fight someone like that. I I think that you know that you're gonna you think I'm crazy now. You think I'm crazy? What I'm gonna say, right? Okay. I think that that Daniel Dubois, instead of fighting Chisora, I'd I'd put him in with Joseph Parker. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that was, that's interesting. I'll, I'll put so, it in with Joseph Parker because Joseph Parker doesn't have big punching power. Okay, he's got reasonable skills. He's not fast. Okay, and this kid is going to explode all over this guy. And don't forget, Joseph Parker now has got some wear and tear on him, Sergio, as well. You know, you know what I'm saying? Every fight yeah, and I think fight, that I think that's a good fight for him. You know? Yeah, and and I think that the main difference between well, there's a lot of differences, but between Parker and Chisora, Chisora's an animal, Mike, like a flat-out animal. Yeah, you yeah. know, that guy doesn't... You're going to be in... It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you knock him out. If it lasts one minute, it's going to be one hell of a minute, you know, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, so, and, yeah. Yeah, and you've, got, and you've got, you know, Daniel DuBois is an offensive fighter. You've got Chisora, who's an offensive fighter, okay, so somebody's going to get really, you know, uh, blown out of the ring, you know, yeah. in, that, in that fight. So, but with Joseph Parker, you know, Joseph Parker, he's going to run in that fight, Sergio. He's going to really run yeah. in that fight, okay? And that is a perfect, perfect fight, okay, for Daniel Dubois to see where he is because Daniel Dubois will get to him, okay? And that's my opinion, okay? Yeah. will get to him. You know? No, no, yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah, that's a better that. Yeah, even though from a skill set perspective, people would say, "Well, you're crazy because Parker's oh. more skilled." But yeah, no, no. But then Chisora. But yeah, Chisora. Yeah, I I agree. It's because Chisora, for as much as we're in terror, Mike, I like Chisora a lot, and he's just he's an animal. You know that guy. Well, 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 he, it's gonna, gonna give, be. Yeah. He's gonna give Usyk a very hard fight. Okay, I'll, t I'll tell you that now. Yusik will yep. be in a very hard yep. fight with Chisora, okay? And and he, he'll probably end up outpointing Chisora or TKOing him in the late rounds if he doesn't get knocked out himself, that is, okay? Right? But um, yeah. it's going it's, it's to be a hard fight. Chisora is a hard fight for anybody, okay? Chisora. Just a hard yep. fight. Okay? Yep. But I, 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 think that, I think that Joseph Parker is the perfect fight for uh, Daniel Dubois. You know, former world champion. Okay, been in with Joshua. Been in with, been in with this guy. Been in with that guy. Okay, perfect fight for him. And, he, and yeah. you know, where is Joseph Parker going, Sergio? Where's he going? He's just, you know, can empty in the ring and not fill it. Is that right? 
<laughs> yeah, Joseph Parker's going to the park. So we'll see how Daniel Dubois does. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to beat the Netherlands guy, whatever his name is. No yeah, offense to the yeah. Netherlands guy, but, yeah, yeah. you know, it I, sounds I like, like this is more. just I, to get back. I like yeah. him. I like him. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. We're, yeah. we're going to end up doing a podcast called the Dubois Benavides podcast by Mike Michael. <laughs> but anyway, so, well, it was great, Mike. Another great, you know, week of action. And we have a lot of big fights coming up again. It's always great to talk to you, Mike. So um, episode five is now in the books. We thank everybody that's been listening for all your support and everything. And we're going to go ahead and uh, sign off now. So for Mike Michael, I'm Sergio Martinez. And thank you for listening to Combat Planet Podcast. All right, we're going to stop it, Mike, in three, two, one, stop.